0: And indeed, our God is with us. He turns our darkness into light. He is our strength, our rock, our shield, and our defender. Uh, I began a series which I'm in the midst of through the uh, armor of God at Grace, and so I'd like to take up the first part of that series with you. And as I come back over time, we'll work through that uh, together. But today, we, our text will come to us from Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians six. We'll read verses ten through twenty. Our text will come from verses 10 through 12. So read reader of the full armor of God will lay the battle plan t- today and we will take up those pieces of armor at another time. So, beloved, hear the word of God in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. As far as the reading of God's holy word this morning, we added his blessing to it. Beloved people of God, help to be saints as we look at the world around us, and we don't have to look very far, do we, to see that things are not as they should be. Things are not right. Things are not well in our world. Things are not even often well in our own souls, in our hearts and in our minds. To state the obvious, beloved, life is often hard. When I preached the sermon that very weekend, there was a woman in our church who watched her 16-year-old grandson slip and pass away into death. I'm sure that even as we think about these things, there are those gathered here this morning who are thinking of difficult circumstances. Perhaps it's a diagnosis in the family or even in yourself. Maybe you too have lost a loved one. We've just come out of COVID times and there's untold frustration and difficulty and bitterness that that caused. We know our own hearts. There are those who struggle with fear and depression, with anxiety, with feelings of constantly being overwhelmed. There are those who struggle with bitterness, those who struggle with anger, those who struggle with feelings of insignificance or feeling unloved. Those who struggle with severe temptation. Those who struggle with guilt over sins in the past. And so then, beloved, that faces us with this question, how does a believer face each and every day? How do we get up in the morning and do battle with life? That life that God himself has given us. Do we seek to overcome these obstacles? Do we seek to do battle merely in our own strength? Mind over matter, so to speak. Do we try to overcome these problems with rugged individualism? Be a self-made man, a self-made woman. Do we try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps? No, beloved, our God calls us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 10 of our text. And so indeed to rise up and do battle with the forces of evil that are all around us this war that's taking place even in the heavenly places. We do not ever do it in our own strength. And so as we take up this text this morning, our theme will be this. Believers are called to spend their lives wrestling with the forces of evil. Believers are called to spend their lives wrestling with the forces of evil. We'll take that theme up under three points, three headings. First, the orders from our general Second, the definition of our enemy. And third, finally, the map of the battlefield. The orders from our general, the definition of our enemy, and the map of the battlefield. Part of what spurred me on to taking up this series was our church's study in the book of Zechariah. Because in chapter 8 of Zechariah, we read this several times. The Lord makes promises of peace and prosperity and salvation to his people. But he says this over and over again. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. What does it mean to let our hands be strong? I think as we consider Ephesians 6 over these next few weeks or even months for us, it become even more clear what our God calls us to. So notice how these orders from our general begin in verse 10 that we just referenced of Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his, the power of his might, the strength of his might. When it comes to an engaging in spiritual warfare and battle in our culture and beloved, even in our own hearts and lives, we, we have to know where to begin. We have to have the proper battle plan. We have to have the proper equipment because if we don't, we're going to end up running around on the battlefield half dressed and grave danger, eventually being overtaken by our enemies. One author puts it this way. He says, Christianity is a religion about helping people become properly dressed, although not in the dress-up sense. He says, sins against fashion ought not to be held against believers. But Paul advises the Ephesians that there are certain things that Christians must put on, the things they must put on. And so, kids, think about it this way. It's hot today, as hot as it's been all summer, but let's pretend it's January. Let's pretend it's minus 30, minus 35 degrees outside. And you really want to get out there and build a snow fort or or make a snowman. And what do you do? Well, imagine that you just run outside in your shorts and in a t-shirt, a minus 35 degree weather. Well, for starters, your mom's not going to let that happen. She's going to yell at you. She tells you to take the time. Put on your snow pants. Put on your jacket, your gloves, your, your boots, your scarf, your two. Get those things on. Because what are the consequences if you don't do that? If you go outside in the shorts, in your t-shirt? Well, the best case scenario is you're going to run inside two minutes later begging your mom for a cup of hot cocoa. But the worst case scenario is that you end up losing a few toes or fingers to frostbite because you weren't properly dressed. You weren't ready for the battle, the situation you were entering in. You need to be dressed appropriately for what you do. You play in the snow in winter clothes. You swim in a swimsuit. You put on your Sunday clothes for church. Whatever the case may be, you dress for the occasion. Beloved, the Christian life is no different. If we don't listen to the call of our Father in heaven, who has made us part of his family, we're going to suffer greatly if we enter into that battlefield by ourselves, half-dressed, or in our own strength. So where God begins this battle plan, our general's orders begin by focusing us on his magnificent power, focusing us on his incredible grace. Again, verse 10 finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When we read a verse like that, we pick up on words like power and, and strength. We pick up on words like might. And the word there that we have for power is one of ability. We don't enter into the Warfare that goes on around us by our own strength, in our own ability. The power to engage sin, the forces of darkness, the forces of evil in our hearts, in our lives, and in our world doesn't start or even begin with us. It comes from being in the Lord. Notice those prepositions that are there. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Beloved, we cannot stand up to fear on our own. We cannot stand up to anxiety on our own. We cannot stand temptation on our own. We cannot stand against sin on our own. We cannot stand up against the fiery lies of Satan in our own strength. Remember what Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for who? For those who are in Christ Jesus everything that we need for battle, everything that we need for the skirmishes of this life, the confrontations with evil is found in our union with Jesus Christ. To be in Christ means that my sins have been forgiven. It means that his righteousness is imputed. It's credited to me that my sin was given to him. That by being found in him, that sin was punished in full. That the wrath of God was satisfied. To be in Christ means that I am a recipient of his holy spirit that God himself is with me everywhere I go in everything that I do I'm never alone Paul says in second Corinthians 5:17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away the new has come And so our God calls us to the battlefield our general calls us to the battlefield in utter and complete dependence upon him alone. Dependence upon his power, dependence on his might, dependence on his grace, his mercy. And so if we begin there, if we begin by remembering, I am in Christ, I do nothing outside of his power. Well, beloved, the outcome of the war and the battle has already been, been determined. Again, Romans 8, 837 In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In fact, to even think more about this power, if you flip back in Ephesians to chapter 1 and you look at verses 19 and 20, you'll see there that this power of God that is ours in Christ was the very power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The power of God that was used to resurrect our Lord and Savior is the same power that our God supplies our every need with, strengthens us with, gives us strength to fight against temptation and sin with. And so as we heed that call to enter into the battlefield, don't run onto the battlefield half naked, like a child running into the snow in shorts and t-shirts. Take the time to examine yourself, to find your strength and your might in Christ alone. As the Lord said to the prophet Zechariah, Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Be ready, beloved. Be active and confident in the might of God. We're promised that in Christ we are more than conquerors. But the thing about that, of understanding that we are more than conquerors, Well, it means then that there is a battle. There is an enemy. There is someone who we do battle with. We cannot ignore that enemy. So look with me at verses 11 and 12 of our text. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not stand and wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's a tall task, isn't it? It's a pretty powerful words that ought to make the hair in our necks stand on end. If this were merely a struggle against flesh and blood, well, then anybody could take up a weapon and enter to that battlefield. It's clear, it's plain to see. But beloved, our enemy is someone who is far more formidable. In children, that's a word that means something that's intimidating, something that's dangerous. You wrestle, according to verses 11 and 12, against the wiles of Satan himself, against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, against spiritual forces of evil. As Ian Duguid puts it, if that sounds scary, well, it's meant to be. The devil is very real, he says, very powerful. Far too powerful for us to take in our own strength. Congregation, Satan is a liar. Satan is a loser. One who's defeated by God, he's no match for God. Christ is crushing him underneath his feet. But beloved, he is no sloth. He is dangerous. Peter says in 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. The same type of suffering is being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Satan prowling like a lion. The Christian life congregation is one of battle. One of Suffering often. That's why the church today is called the church militant. Yes, we are redeemed. We are saved. We're forgiven of all of our sins. We have peace with God through Christ. We have peace with God through Christ. But we're not experiencing all of that in its fullness yet. That's why we sing stanza five in the church's one foundation. Mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war... She waits the consummation of peace forevermore. Till with the vision glorious, her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Think about that for a moment. You know what it's like to wait for the consummation, don't you? You know what it's like to raise your eyes to heaven in toil and tribulation, don't you? mid-tumult of your war. And if you know this, if you have experienced this, then you know the severity of the enemy with which we do battle. Evil spirits exist. Demons exist. Satan's power of darkness is real. We encounter it each and every day of our lives. Again, we remember that we are just flesh and blood. How does mere flesh and blood stand against cosmic forces against the powers of Satan. The darkness of this world is Satan's playground. When we think of him, we, we think of him coming with a pitchfork. We think of him coming with a red suit. We, we think of the man with, with horns cackling away. And certainly when it works in certain Satan's favor to come this way, he will. But that's not how the wily devil typically comes, is it? Our enemy is way more dangerous than a man with a pitchfork in a red suit. Our enemy is far more devious and subtle than that. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, when talking about those in the church who undermine the gospel, he says, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Don't underestimate the enemy. Don't underestimate his tactics. It's not just out there in the city streets where this battle takes place. Beloved, he attacks in this room between us. He attacks us in our families, between family members. He attacks us in our own hearts to try to draw us away from the Savior. It's obvious to us when Satan attacks by creating drag queen story hours or convincing a civilization that they don't know what a woman is. It's obvious when the institution of marriage comes under attack by a full frontal assault. But it's not so obvious when it attacks in the home and when it attacks in the self. And so finally then, let's look at the map of the battlefield, thirdly this morning. As I said, there are the obvious cultural threats from Satan, from the cosmic powers. There's no doubt about that. But the immediate battles are much closer to home, so to speak. If you look at your Bibles and you flip back to the chapters that precede our text this morning, what do you see there? We see God's call to walk in love. God's call for us to be godly husbands, godly wives, godly children, godly submissive workers in the workplace. You see, those are the battles that aren't so obvious to us. Those are the places that Satan loves to attack, because if he can get us there, well, then these broader cultural issues are easy for him. There are many tempting sights and sounds and tastes in the world that dazzle and lure us into sin, one author says. Satan doesn't often come with the bitterness of sin. He entices us. He makes it look good. How is Satan attacking you? How are the forces of darkness crouching up in your own life, your own thoughts, your own desires, your own patterns of thinking, and, beloved, your own actions? How are you doing battle in these ways, fighting for your relationship with your wife and making that a godly one? Beloved, fighting for your own children, that they may be raised up in the fear and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be prepared to face a world in the wiles of the devil. It's why we do things like we have this coming week with, with summits. Send our young people to places like this where they can be encouraged, where they can be built up and build spiritual muscle. Be equipped with this armor. Be amongst like-minded believers. They may be encouraged and built up in the faith. That's spiritual warfare. So don't underestimate Satan, the prowling lion. His deceit, his, lure, his allure, his lies. That's why we must end where we began. The power, the hope of our God. We're not alone in this battle. We're not left to ourselves. Notice this is the armor of God. The armor that comes from him. Not something that we build. Not something that we come up with. Something he graciously, mercifully gives us. That he equips us in. Again, we do this in his power. A power source is no good unless it's connected to something. I can admit that there's a power plant somewhere, but unless I plug into that wall, I'll have no power. So beloved, as we face the battles in our own hearts, as we resist temptation and desire to flee from Satan... As we seek to build families where Christ is central, where the gospel permeates in every single aspect of home life and work life and school life and all of, that, all of these things, we do so looking to the author and perfecter of our faith. We do so looking to the power of the Holy Spirit. We do so as we're connected to Him. remember that in Christ, the one who is our salvation who is our strength, who gives us this armor. So where are the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic forces, the the spiritual forces of evil? Where are they tempting you today? Where are they attacking you today? Beloved, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Take up the whole armor of God, therefore, that you may be able to withstand an evil day having done all independence on him to stand amen